Welcome, everybody, to The Nancy Fuller Show. To subscribe to our episodes, please go to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Today's episode features dear friend of Nancy, Jason Smith, which you know from Food Network. You can follow Jason on Instagram at official underscore chef Jason Smith. Today's show features fun, laughter, and candid conversation. So if you have little ones around you or anybody under 21, be cautioned. You may want to listen carefully. Please send Nancy a question directly to have it featured on her show by going to Nancy's Instagram at Fuller Farmer. That's Instagram at Fuller Farmer or send us an email at contact at fullerfarmer.com. And without further ado, enjoy the show. Are you ready? I'm I'm ready. I am too. All right, guys, let's rock and roll. So you just want me to start. I do, Nancy. I want you to start, kick it off that you are here with Jason Smith. I know a dear friend of yours and, and a former contestant on one of the baking championships. Holiday. Holiday. Well, hello there, everyone. This is Nancy Fuller, and I am with Jason Smith, my favorite chef, whom I call every day to say, how do I bake that? What did I do wrong? Oh, Jason, either just make it for me and send it or or be very patient. Um, And thank you, sweetheart, for that. Jason... Jason um, is a home baker, such as myself, and Jason is the was the first home baker um, ever on Food Network Star, and he also was the first home baker that won Holiday Baking Championship. And Jason and I became friendly um, after that, after the. Uh, after the holiday baking championship, because we had an affinity for home cooking, of course, and we're both hillbillies right off the farm, right out of the backwoods, and uh, and we have a lot in common, and so we spend a lot of time together. And Jason's like my son; he um, picks the old lady up at the hotel and carts her all around town, takes her to all the places she wants to go. And doesn't want to have to drive herself, so she has to park the car, walk in from the parking lot. Jason just drops me off, and I wait for him, and on, on our way we go, whether it's to a restaurant or to a market or wherever we might be going. Isn't that right, son? I mean, that's exactly right. I just, you know, it's just like driving Miss Daisy. I just pick you up and we go anywhere, but we always have fun. That's, that's the bad thing. We always have fun. Yes, we do. So and what's like a story? I want to know a story. So what, what's like a fun story that no one would know actually happened with you two? When, and Jason, and you can be candid. Well, gosh, we've had so many. Lord have mercy. Well, one of my favorites, um, Jason and Mark were visiting me in Delray, and David was playing golf. So we decided to go off on a little jaunt. And I said, well, let's go to the breakers 
um, because Jason had never been to the breakers. And so we went to the breakers and we had lunch. No, we had drinks, right? What did we have? Yeah, there wasn't no lunch involved. We had drinks, honey. <laughs> we skip the lunch. We go straight to the drink. <laughs> and, and the bar is an actual terrarium. So you sit at the bar and you watch the fish. And we hadn't seen that before, so we were quite enamored. And uh, and we'd watch the fish and then look at each other and say, well, should we have one more drink or should we just watch the fish? I mean, we just, I think it's one of those situations where you had to be there. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, you, you see these fish and I'm thinking, okay, which one, am I supposed to pick out one of these to have for lunch or am I supposed to pick <laughs> out which one to go in the next drink or what am I supposed to do with these fish? Because I'd never seen a bar with fish in it before. But needless to say, the Bloody Mary I had had the biggest shrimp I'd ever seen in my life on it. So that was that was a plus. Yeah, that was great. That We had a really good time. We always have a good time. Then there's, we the, day we went, <laughs> there's the day we went to Nobu and we had no idea um, of the expense. <laughs> That's when we went and we were meeting our friend Lorraine and me and you pull up in the front and we're thinking, okay, let's just get out and go in and all these people, they're like wanting to park your car and we were like, okay. And then we get in there and of course she takes forever to get there. Me and Nancy's like, if she ain't here in the next 15 minutes, we're going to eat without her. And then they bring out, start, we start ordering stuff because we didn't know what, you know, what it was. We'd never been there. So Lorraine was ordering stuff. We were ordering stuff, and they were bringing out these dishes that had, like, one bite on them. And me and Nancy was like, uh, can they not tell that we're eaters? I mean, this is not this is not good. <laughs> it was delicious food. There just wasn't a lot of it. <laughs> and we got the bill. <laughs> we had to do the dishes. <laughs> All right, so I got to ask you too, because everybody is, I mean, it's great you guys are bakers at home, but everybody is really at home now and cooking and baking. I mean, what are just some of, for? and this question is for either of you, what are some cooking recipes and some baking recipes in the end that home bakers or home chefs can try that are easy well, well, they you know, can go the, on Gold Belly and buy Jason's cakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could. I do sell my cakes on Gold Belly. That would be the easiest recipe I'm they could ever do. do I'm going to do that, Jason, and pretend I made it. That's a great thing. <laughs> there you I tell people all the time, buy it, put it on your own plate, and nobody ever knows the difference. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You take it, Jason. I can't laugh at it. You know, the, the best thing that I have being isolated at home and you know people people were in such a big hurry that you know with the work and and all the stuff that the kids have going on that they didn't cook a lot up until now and they ate out a lot well once everything was shut down they couldn't they couldn't eat out so they had to figure out oh okay I'm gonna have to cook or my family's gonna starve to death and I found that you know people were asking 
me questions every day of, you know, I've got flour and sugar and milk and eggs and some vanilla, but I don't know what to do with it. So, you know, it was one of those things that I started, I started a whole um, video thing, the Country Bling Cooking Show that I was doing just so so people could have easy recipes. And um, I found that, you know, I just told people, you know, I know you've never baked before, but the easiest thing to do is find the basic recipe and, you know, try that recipe. And then once you get that basic recipe down, then you can start uh, adding to it and doing different things. And um, me and Nancy talk about that all the time. She'll say, I've got almond meal and eggs and raisins. What do I do? And I'm like, okay, you remember that recipe I done that time that's apple dumplings or whatever. You know, you can do the same thing with that. It's just in a different form. So, you know, it's just finding things that you like and that you have in your house and then finding just that simple recipe and between me and Nancy we have thousands and thousands of recipes that you can look up that's easy and that's one thing that I think draws me and Nancy to each other too is that we don't like ingredients we don't like recipes that have 50 million ingredients in it so we write our recipes where they have very few ingredients, but when it's done, it seems like you have taken days to make it. So, you know, that's something that, that I cherish uh, between our friendship is we're both. She's what I call a northern country girl, and I'm a southern country boy. So we're kind of the best of the north and the south together. And uh, that I think that's what really makes people... Uh, use our recipes and really uh, just likes being in our lives is because we are so just down to earth. Yes. Nancy, what recipe have you used from Jason that, so is there a recipe that's ever the same that comes out completely different because you have a Northern style on it, Nancy, and Jason, you have a Southern style? Um, Jason makes a cake that is absolutely phenomenal. And I've always like never used a cake mix because it had hydrogenated stuff in it and, uh, or hydrogenated oil. But anyway, so never, ever, ever did. Everybody else in the world has used cake mixes. Well, now I use cake mixes too. And it's because Jason made my life so much easier. And the biggest secret I think um, is, well, make sure the cake is done. I'm always undercooking cakes. I don't know why. But anyway, um, make sure the cake is completely done. And then making a syrup for it. Mm. And whether it's just a simple syrup, which is just a cup of sugar, a cup of water, and boil it down. Or, you know, my fancy is the bourbon sugar, you know, which is kind of the same thing. It's a little butter and a little little sugar and a little bourbon and a little water. And what that flavor, those different flavor profiles add to your basic cake, which is what Jason was alluding to earlier. Once you get a basic cake, then you can change the flavors. Um, That's made all the difference in the world for me and will make all the difference in the world for you as well, the baker. Now, yesterday I made a bread pudding with a loaf of bread that I happened to have that Sarah had left here and it was whole grain and it was, had seeds in it, chia seeds, pumpkin seeds, whatever. And I thought, Hmm, 
I've never made bread pudding with this, but let's give it a try. And so I did. And, um, and I, I just, you know, added some milk and some eggs and some heavy cream and some butter and some salt and vanilla. And I added a little almond extract and I can't remember what else offhand. And then I made this bourbon whiskey sauce, which I used to make with just bourbon and butter and powdered sugar. And now I add a little bit of water, just not much. And then I soak, I just pour it over the cake after I take it out of the oven, which is what Jason had taught me to do. And it makes, oh my goodness, all the difference in the world. It's amazing. And everybody raves about, or everybody did rave about this um, chocolate bread pudding. Um, And many positive comments. I took a picture of one of the little custard cups that I use from to make some for my neighbor. And, uh, and then negative remark I had was from Mark Bradford, who told me I should have cleaned the dish, but I wanted to show the ooey gooeyness. <laughs> That's because that didn't David will do the dish, right, Nancy? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And David has to do the dishes, so. David always does the dishes. Me and Nancy cooking, and David does the dishes, so. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I think we have Kevin and Val join us, and Kevin does the dishes. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Kevin usually does the dishes. But now me and Nancy will cook all day long if somebody else will do the dishes. (laughs) (laughs) And that Bradford's doing the dishes the next time you're down here. Honey, he's yeah, that's right. He's the dishwasher. He that is for sure. That is for sure. Now, Nancy mentioned some almond extract. I will have to say, me and Nancy both will tell you when you're using almond extract, you just use a very little bit. And if you are on one of our shows and you give us almond extract, we're not going to like you very much because everybody wants to put way too much in it. So, what's a yeah, little little tiny bit goes a long way. Yes. So what's a substitute, Jason? Would it be a vanilla? What if you're allergic to almonds? Uh, Sorry, got vanilla. So if you want to use another flavor for almond, I have found that hazelnut extract is not as strong as almond extract. And the hazelnut extract gives you that same nutty flavor that you're looking for. So I use a lot of hazelnut extract instead of almond. I do use almond. I just use it very sparingly. But most of the time, I don't use almond extract unless I'm using, like, cherry uh, or, like, fresh cherries or froze cherries or chocolate because that almond, the chocolate is so strong, it won't let the almond come through as strong as if you're putting it in a vanilla cake. So, uh, but, yeah, if you don't want to use almond, you can always use hazelnut. So, this actually brings to me know. To the next question, because we get a lot of questions about people who have food allergies. So question for the two of you, gluten-free, nut-free, egg-free, what are some alternatives that people listening can try? Lettuce. They can eat lettuce. Yeah, you're pretty much on your own in the baking department for gluten-free. Well, you know, almond flour for sure and and uh, coconut flour. Mm-hmm. Um if you're you know, if you're gluten-free, 
Tapioca or is a good one. Cornstarch. Um, yeah, gluten-free is a whole different baking world. My mother is gluten-free, and she's always begging me to make stuff, so I had to end up trying to develop desserts because her favorite's coconut, and she loved this coconut cake that I made that my great-grandmother handed me the recipe years ago, and she couldn't have it any longer, so I had to develop a new recipe around it, and uh, you really can't tell the difference that it's gluten-free the way that I do it. And it's You know, I use... Uh, gluten-free flour, plus a little bit of almond meal, a little bit of cornstarch, and then, you know, the sugar and all my liquids and all that stuff. And once you bake it, now gluten-free baking is a little different because it takes a little bit longer. But um, there is a lot of great substitutions out there for gluten-free. It's just finding the right one because if you're nut, if you have a nut allergy and gluten-free at the same time, then you're, you're in a whole nother world there because you can't use almond meal. Um, so, you know, it's, it's finding that right flour out there, that right medium uh, for the gluten-free. Do you think maybe an oatmeal? An oatmeal oat would be, yeah. Yeah. And oatmeal. You can do oatmeal. And when Nancy says oatmeal, she means like it's ground down just like flour, but mm-hmm. it's made out of oats. And it worked. It works very well. Um, but it's all about the leavenings. You got to use the right amount of baking soda, baking powder, and in in gluten free baking, you always have to use cornstarch because that's what makes the uh, the desserts that you're making soft and fluffy is the cornstarch. If you don't use the cornstarch, honey, you might as well chew on a piece of bark because it's going to be harder than a burnt boot, as Nancy would say. That's right. So That's you, right. If you, I mean, to do so much shift gears, I don't know. Can we talk about love? Can we go there? Can we talk about love and romance? I guess. It's been years since me and Nancy's known love and romance, but yeah. We... <laughs> All right. Go, go back into time, Jason. Back into time. Have you ever <laughs> baked for somebody that you were really excited about, like you were really looking forward to them coming and it's turned out to be a disaster. And then what have you done? Oh gosh. Uh, Oh Lord. Hmm. Well, I can say when I was in high school, I started a catering business when I was 15, but I thought, you know, I've got to get some clients here. So I'm going to, you know, maybe throw a little bit of a a dinner party. And so I had this humongous crush on one of my teachers in high school and which, you know, that's not never a good thing. But uh, so I invited, you know, their families and all this other stuff. And I thought I'm going to do a dessert dinner. So each course is going to be a different type of dessert that makes you think that it's not dessert. So it's almost like dessert imposters, basically. And needless to say, none of it turned out the way it should have been in my mind. I was thinking one thing, and and it never turned out exactly right. So when they started eating, I was like, okay, so this is a, this is an April Fool's dinner that is nowhere near April Fool's, but you've got to tell me what's actually in the, in what you're eating. And of course, it was awful. Nobody loved it. So it was. It was. <laughs> Nancy, well, that was pretty ambitious of you at fifteen. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I hit the ground running when I was born. I was I've always been ambitious. You know that. I know that. 
Um, so what about if, well, I don't know, just trying to impress anybody. Did you ever try to impress somebody? Never mind that it came out or didn't come out, but if if you were wanting to impress someone, what is your to-go-to dessert? Oh, gosh. It, you know, I I would have to say, and this is probably something I've never told you. I know, you know, being on when I first met you on the show, I was always, you know, trying to do my best and proceed from one episode to the next. But my ultimate goal coming into holiday baking was to impress you more than anybody because you had always been my favorite. And you, I'd even had a connection with, with you before I ever met you because you were like my grandmother. And I thought, you know, this woman is, she's such a, a great person. And if I could ever just meet her one day, I know we could be great friends. And, you know, my, my grandmother was gone by the time that I was on holiday baking. So, you know, you kind of stepped into that role. And of course, that's been years ago and we've, we've became family, but, uh, even after the show, after winning the first time that we actually got together and I, and I fixed stuff for you, I thought, okay, it has to be perfect because I don't want her to think that it was a fluke on television that I was just doing it for television. So <laughs> I would have to say that if I was making a dessert to impress somebody and you'll agree with me that Probably I should make my butter bourbon cake. That's the one that I think everybody loves the most, and I know that you all like it, and Val and Kevin love it. So, yeah. Okay. I think, that was, I think you were probably the really first person that I wanted to make sure that I impressed so much that you could even eat, like, my food and say, there's no joke about this kid. He really knows what he's doing. Um, my only problem with this is that I could be your mother, not your grandmother. Well, that's true. Yeah, you could be my mother. But, you know, I still think I'm 18, so. <laughs> I sometimes think you're. Actually, you and mom are actually the same age, so, yeah. I know. I know. Thank you. Yeah. That's why I was thinking about your grandmother and thinking, well, I've got enough. Another 20 years. <laughs> 25. <laughs> oh, God. Um, well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. And uh, and that cake is the best thing I've ever eaten. It really, it's tremendous. Um, I think better. people are intimidated. Pie. Pardon me? I said it's better than the soup bean pie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And it's a whole lot better than that stupid red kidney pie pie that you told me was going to taste like apples <laughs> tell us about that honey <laughs> yeah we'll pass on that one for another day <laughs> <laughs> i think people are often very intimidated by certain desserts and i know if i and again it's because i'm older and in the day um Baked Alaska, you know, was was a fancy dessert. And then I made it. And then it's really not so fancy after all. Um, and it's it's impressive. You know, it looks great. And for those that don't know, it's um, ice cream. 
that you buy from the grocery store and let melt a little bit, soften up a little bit, and you put it in a bowl. And then on top of that, you make a brownie. And, well, you put the ice cream back in and freeze it. You bring it out. You put the brownie on it. After it's cool, put it back in the freezer. And then you bring it out. You take it up. You put it upside down and take the bowl off. And then you have a dome. And then you make a meringue. And then you take a torch and uh, scorch the meringue, brown the meringue. That's it. That's it. And it is very impressive looking, but it's very simple to do. And and cream puffs, I think, are another intimidating um, dessert that really is not so difficult. You know, you need a hot oven and you need to make sure you take them out not too soon. Um and, and then a cream, you know, a cream filling. Or if you don't want to do a cream filling, you can just take a, uh, yeah. Well, I lost that train of thought. And you can do a pudding um, fill for those, yeah. Right. You can either use a, you know, a, a instant pudding or you, not very good though. Or you can use just whipped cream. Um, and that's tasty and then a little melt of little chocolate and pour it on top and it's pretty and it looks good and it's um tastes really good and not so difficult no and it doesn't take a lot of time to make cream puffs you know people think it takes forever but it doesn't you know i think the names of things really makes people leery and uh step standoffish when they hear names like, you know, usually in a cream puff, we use a mousseline cream. And they're like, oh, gosh, I can't make that. Yeah, you can. It's just putting heavy whipped cream mixed together. So, you know, <laughs> I, I think that a lot of people look at names and they go, oh, I can't make that because of the name of it or what it's in it. But it, it's just technology terms, you know. So, I mean, it's it, as I always tell people, honey, the best thing to do is just get in there and make it. If it don't turn out, throw it out to the chickens and start over. That's that's you know that's the best way to do it. You you're never going to be able to make anything unless you just get in there and throw some flour around in the kitchen, honey. By the time you get done, you'll have something that'll make the hogs dance. It'll be so good. <laughs> and and if you haven't burned it, you could restructure it. You know, that's turn right. it like if you have a cake and it doesn't come out, then you just take that cake and you make some cream and you create a trifle. You know, add a can of fruit to the cake, little sherry, some whipped cream, or not, and just yeah, turn just, it into something else. Just drink the sherry and eat the cake, and nobody will know the difference. <laughs> I made an apple pie not too long ago, and I make a phenomenal apple pie. And for some reason, those apples were chemical-laden, maybe too much gas or something, but... It was terrible, but David insisted on having it. So I stuck it all in a bowl and, um, you know, just doused it with a little triple sec. And, and he ate that for days. Loved it. Yeah. Doesn't know any different. That was drunken apple pie. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But there's so many things you can do. You just need to be, um, you know, more creative or, or less intimidated by it. Yeah, and there's right. so you know there's 
like I said before, if you read Nancy's recipes or my recipes, they're it, the way we write them. They're super easy to follow. You know, a lot of people they think they need to read a recipe like a novel, but it doesn't read that way. You just need to read read the recipe through, look at it, and then reread the recipe through, and then gather all your ingredients, and then read the recipe and do step by step. And you should you shouldn't have a problem with it. The failure comes when people either underbake or overbake or they don't let something rise long enough or they don't let something cook long enough. That's where they get into problems. You know, if a recipe says bake it for 20 to 25 minutes, check it at 20 minutes. If it's not done, let it go for 25. It's probably going to be done at 25. But you have to understand, too, that, you know, me and Nancy kind of on the same side of the world. We're East Coast, so our baking times are usually the same. But when you take our recipe and try to do it in, say, Colorado, it's going to be a little different because of the elevation. So you have to take that in consideration, too. And, you know, I've had people say, well, I tried your recipe and it didn't turn out. I'm like, well, where are you at? Oh, I'm in Arizona. Well, yeah, you're a very dry climate there. So, And I'm in a moist climate. So it's going to be a little different. Here's what you need to do. But we can't write a recipe to where it includes every zone or every elevation, or it would be, you know, 100 pages long. So you know, that's uh, the one thing. Also, everyone's oven temperature varies. You really need a thermometer. Yeah, you've, yep. said, that. Um, yeah, you've said that a lot, Nancy. You've always well, it's, people. it's just so true. My oven runs hot. Val's oven runs cold. Um, yeah. And I it, can cook in Nancy's oven, and it'll come out totally different because her oven is hotter, honey, than a hen setting on eggs or trying to hatch. I can tell you what, you can cook something in her oven a lot quicker than you can mine. Yes, because of the, well, in this case, I think it's the coils. You know, it's the quality of the coils. And and sometimes I think in whether you have enough electricity coming into your place yeah. to make a difference, you know, to make a difference. If you're in a big condo situation, you might have less, less power than you would in a, in a single family home. So that's going to make a difference. You know, you're not going to have. Yeah. And if it's convection or not, you know, that makes a big difference too. I never I use a- convection. Do you? Yes, honey. I Listen, I was hoping my, my last oven would tear up very quickly so I could buy a new convection one, and it finally blew its wad, and I had to get me a new one. So, uh, yeah, I got a new convection oven, and let me tell you, honey, child, I can bake cakes quicker than a cat can lick its tail. I'm telling you what, I can bake 20 cakes at 20 small butt cakes at a time where I was only baking 12 before, so... Is that yeah. the oven that like like Mom Nance, is That's that like when you on. is that when you have like I, I have one on my countertop. Is that a convention oven? Uh, <laughs> oh it's a toaster. <laughs> no. That's an that's a no mommy are taking a toaster oven? <laughs> no, yeah, it's just yeah. a toaster. Oh, no, but it has <laughs> yeah. so what what's no, like no. No. Okay. All right. Well, there there are people like me that bake that try it. You know. Yeah, you're not going to bake. And how does that? that? And how does that work for you? 
<laughs> I have a lot of trifle, a lot of trifle left over. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. No, a convection oven is ones that have the fan in the back of them. So it looks like a normal oven, a normal oven range, a normal oven. Like Nancy's oven is in the wall. My oven is on, like mine has a range. It's a range, so it has cooktop and then the oven's in the bottom. Uh, but mine has a fan in the back of it. So it circulates the hot air instead of the elements just illuminating and making the heat. And the heat rises, so it's going to cook quicker in the top than it does the bottom. In a convection oven, you can put things in the bottom and the top at the same time, and they all bake at the same speed because of the fan that's blowing the hot air around. What do they use uh, on the baking championship? Do they use both? Yeah, yeah. All your industrial ovens are convection. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But and and if, the- you, now, if you see... On some of the baking shows, you'll see them use the oven at their station. Those ovens sometimes are not convection, but the, usually the convection ovens are the big double ovens that you see them run to and stick stuff in. Got it. It's a stressful so how do you, show. What, what's the difference between the conventional and the convection? I, I just want you to say that for our viewers. Oh, the difference between a conventional oven and convection oven is a conventional oven has elements that the heat uh, comes from the elements and the heat rises in the oven, whereas a convection oven has a fan that blows the heat around and, and totally heats the oven up to the same temperature. The bottom is the same as the top, whereas in convection or conventional ovens, your top is hotter than the bottom. Okay, but what I wanted to know was the difference in temperatures. Like, would you lower the temperature or the, would you lower the cooking time? The cooking time. Yeah, you don't lower the temperature because the temperature is set to uh, make the ingredients rise to the proper um, way that they should. So Mm -hmm. if you're using a a conventional oven, if it's, if something says bake it for 30 minutes, then you bake it for 30 minutes. If it's in convection oven and it says bake it for 30 minutes, you only want to bake it for about 22 to 23 minutes. Okay. So it takes less time in a, conve- in a convection oven than it does in a conventional oven. So, you know, it's just like, think about it this way. You can lay out on the beach and get a tan in six hours with no uh, lotion, but you could lay out on the beach and rub yourself down in motor oil, and you will have the beautiful tan in an hour. So, it's a good analogy. Hmm. All right, <laughs> I'm going to go get some motor oil. <laughs> hey, honey, let me tell you, makes you golden brown <laughs> <laughs> and greasy. You're real greasy. <laughs> Imagine Nancy in a golden brown. <laughs> yeah, imagine Nancy in a bathing suit. <laughs> it's all good. It sure is. We're lucky. I want to shift gears and just get to right now um, quarantining health. You know, some people are really feeling a little bit down and it sounds like baking gives you Jason I know it has given you Nancy a lot of joy so what are some I guess just some 
call out tips and advice just to get people to find the joy again in life. And how does cooking do that for you or baking do that for you, Jason? Well, you know, cooking right now being at home cooking, you know, baking, baking has always brought me joy. I love both sides of the world, the savory and the sweet, but you know, I'm like a cow in a pasture. I want my green grass and my hay. So, um, I love to bake uh, with a side of cooking. So, and baking is so rewarding because um, it's a true science. You know, everything has to be measured. Everything has to be exactly perfect. Whereas cooking, we throw a handful of this and a dash of that. So, um, and in baking, I'm you know, cooking people love when you bring them food. I mean, people love when you cook for them. And when you're baking, they are ecstatic because dessert is something that makes people feel like they're a child again. Because years ago, you never got desserts unless you were having a, you know, a celebration or a family dinner get together. It wasn't something that you had at every meal. Um, I will say growing up, we did have something sweet at every meal, even if it was a leftover biscuit with honey and butter put on it. Mm -hmm. But to have a fancy dessert at every meal, we didn't. So, you know, and I see a lot of joy when I bake and I give it to the neighbors or, you know, I take it right now and I'll leave it on the doorstep and then ring the doorbell and run off the porch and say, there's you something sweet or you know, text them and say, hey, I left you a cake on the porch or, you know, and it just makes them, it just makes their day, you know, it makes them feel special. It makes them feel like they're a child again. It makes mm -hmm. them feel like that, you know, that there is still, that we still can have contact with each other, even if we're not being able to hug. And I'm a hugger because I'm a Southern. So mm -hmm. this has all been hard on me not to be able to hug nobody. So, uh, but I'm still giving people hugs through baking. Mm, mm, that's beautiful beautifully put Jason thank you Nancy um I made dessert every single solitary night because I wanted my kids to eat my savory cooking and if they didn't eat their dinner they didn't get dessert <laughs> well that would be one way to do it thank you for, thank you for that warm sentiment thank you Nancy <laughs> so yes I'm the Duff tells me I'm television's biggest lie because everyone thinks I'm the sweet old grandmother and I'm not. <laughs> Kimberly sat. What? Mike would say she's full of piss and vinegar. <laughs> well, that I'm telling the truth. I made more pies than I care to remember and cakes. And I would make a vanilla cake with a mocha frosting. Every single week, maybe twice, three times a week, and pies in between. And I used to buy five-gallon um, buckets of fruit from Agway. And then I would just break it down and put it in different containers so I had enough for a pie. And whip out a pie shell or whip up a pie shell, fill it with whatever fruit I had, and, and that was that. Every day, every meal, and not every meal, every dinner at night. And uh, poor Kimberly would have to sit at the table for four hours to choke down her food so she could have that dessert. <laughs> um, but she's, she's 
grown it. She's grown. Kim's grown out of that now. <laughs> yes, she has. She doesn't care anymore. She doesn't eat dessert so much anymore. <laughs> She's reached her mother's uh, metabolism, shall we say? Um, but she works hard to keep it at bay. <clears throat> um, what was the question? <laughs> Thanks, Nancy. Thanks for paying attention. We really appreciate it. <laughs> well, I'm watching the people. Never mind. Go ahead. I'm telling you. I'm telling you about desserts. You all do beef today. <laughs> I, I mean, Nancy. Right? What are you? What are you doing today? Like, what? Where are you? What is happening right now? Okay, I'm at my desk. <clears throat> I'm at my desk. I'm. Trying to figure out how many calories I ate today and how many. How's that going for you? I don't think enough because you're not paying attention. (laughs) Not enough. All right. What what desserts? What desserts would I make during the pandemic? People are down a little bit, Nance, and so we're trying to speak to just bringing in the joy of cooking and how that can bring you some joy. And I think you know. Well, for a lot of people, answered. A lot of people don't like to cook. The majority don't like to cook. So I think to bring joy to somebody that doesn't want to cook, you have to do things very, very simply so that there's a sense of satisfaction once, you know, they make something using a couple of ingredients like some rolled oats, peanut butter, and vanilla, and maybe a little maple syrup and make little balls and there's a dessert. You know, it's like a little trifle, just, just simple, simple little. Um, or a truffle. Yeah. It'd be more like a truffle, not a trifle. That's what I mean. A truffle. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Watching. So I think, am I eating enough calories, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> that That's not on my, my that's not my focus right now. Peanut butter's high. <laughs> Sugar's a no no. Um, um I just yeah, I just and I think too that people need to find the goodness, you know, find the yeah. sweetness in your day instead of the negativity. Yeah. I mean, pretend you're on vacation. Mm. Pretend you know, think about the fact that you don't have to get up at six o'clock and take a shower and get your makeup on and do your hair. Think, oh, well, this is kind of nice. Um, think of things in a positive manner. Think, think, yeah, just just think about things positively, you know, posi- positively and, instead of negative, negatively. Um, and I don't, you know, easy for me to say, because I'm at a point where I'm happy to be retired, kind of, um, except for you, Alyssa. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, I know. You gotta, you gotta work for me, Mom and Aunt. I know. I know. So, some days when I have to work aren't as positive, Is that I guess. the day that you possibly <laughs> sass me over text or you're a little bit, yeah, a little bit feisty. I feel like those days are frequent. Jason, I want to put you on the spot. 
Tell us one thing about Nancy that no one knows. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll pick it very wisely. Um, One thing that... Careful, careful, son. Walking on, walking on gravel here. Uh, one thing that that nobody knows about Nancy that probably, well, we Nancy's like myself. We all know we like to drink, um, so we won't say that. Um, the one thing that I would have to say that most people wouldn't know about Nancy is that uh, she doesn't always do her hair and makeup. Um, she's, she's kind of like myself when we're not in front of the camera, honey, it's, it's just whatever clothes we can find and we just go and do what we need to do and have a good time doing it. We don't care. Um, you know, that's one thing that, you know, they see, they see us on television. They think we're like that every single day in our lives. Now, as far as my accent and my glitter and all that, that is an everyday thing for me. But, um, you know, that's that's not always the case. You know, most people that you see on TV, they don't wear makeup every day. They don't do their hair every day. Um, and Nancy looks just as good with makeup as she does without it. So um, that's something. Nancy doesn't need makeup. Um, but I Bless have your to, little pea-picking heart, honey. That's oh. not a real... Not a real good one, though. I need to pick no, out a juice. You need a good one, Jason. I thought you were going to admit and call her out that she doesn't actually really cook every day. <laughs> that that David and many in her family have to fend for themselves. Uh, <laughs> David has to fend for himself every day. <laughs> yeah, whether she cooks. <laughs> oh, thank me, God thank- for yogurt. <laughs> Right, honey, yogurt, you know, it's the best thing in life. It, you know, you can eat it. You can rub it on your elbows to make them soft. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. That's bacon grease. Never mind. Um, one thing that people wouldn't know about Nancy that I would only know is, oh, gosh. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to pick out a really nice one that that you know. <laughs> no, don't be, it doesn't have to be nice, Nancy. Does it have to be nice? Oh no, no. <laughs> uh, I will have to say that Nancy's favorite word when we're talking is the F word. So. There you go. Careful. Careful. There you go. The truth. Thank you, Jason. It could be food. Just saying, it's just definitely not bad, but it is four letters. <laughs> oh now, my word! Oh geez. my word! We use it about the same. Now I will have to say, listen, Nancy can drink tequila that nobody I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I knew that's what I was waiting for—the wooden yeah. leg. <laughs> wooden leg, children. Let me tell y'all something. Now I can eat. The ba- I can eat people under the table. I mean, look at me. I don't get this physique by not eating, but uh, I can eat people under the table. But if you want somebody to go with you to drink, Nancy's your woman. Let me tell you, she can drink. She drinks her tequila straight on rocks. She don't drink it in margaritas like we drink it. She drinks it straight on the rock. And honey, child, it is, you know, she likes the really good. I like all tequila, and she likes tequila, too, but... Now, she drinks some tequila. I mean, it's smooth when it goes down, but, honey, when you stand up, you'll hit the floor. Not Nancy. She can drink you under the table with tequila. 
Me and Nancy's had a lot of tequila, so we're gonna have to zoom this. And now, now with Zoom, now from a distance, now it's great. We can we can party just right behind the computer. I love it, Jason. Thank you for joining us. You were great. Oh, you're welcome. And remember, Nancy's favorite F word is food. All right. <laughs> that dirty minded people out there that thought we were talking about a bad word, uh-huh. it really is food. Uh-huh. Oh, thank you, honey, for preserving my impeccable reputation. <laughs> it is, honey. All we have is the F word, which is food and tequila. With those two and our two personalities, we can go anywhere. Listen, I've had the best time. We've got to do this again. Thank you, I can't Jennifer. wait. Love you. I love you more. <laughs> Bye-bye, baby. Bye-bye, honey. All right, Nancy, how do you want to close the show? Well, I hope that you all had as big of a smile on your face listening to our banter as I have on mine. And may every day be laden with smiles. No, really. Come on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, what do you... I want you what to the say... Fuck? <laughs> <laughs>